And hello, movie lovers. I'm welcome to the show. With me, I have my good friend Tamika. So, <laughs> hi, or oh, that's, oh, like a, oh, oh, that's me in the poster. Oh, God. <laughs> I just want to say welcome. It, man, it's great to actually have you on the show. It's what, two weeks now that I had you? Yeah. This last week we had yeah. the Halloween Kills review. Boy, I and now I have you, you on the screen, 1996 review. Uh-huh. Welcome to yeah. the show. I do appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Appreciate so, of, of course, Tamika's part of the Two Blur Girls podcast and everything. Go and have follow their podcast whenever, whenever you guys can. But tonight, we are actually talking about the 1996 Scream. Of course, you know, you did a deep dive. You did a deeper dive than what I did. I just swam into the little six-foot side and everything. and stayed off to the side where, not, where oh. I went drown. You went all the way to the deep side of the swimming pool <laughs> and everything where you've reviewed, where you watched all four of these films. Yeah. But so anyways, I just want to say this, um, with the, with Scream 1996, this is probably one of my favorite movies that Wes Craven's done. It kind of is a parody in itself because the way it makes fun of itself. And like I mentioned before, this movie came out in 1996 this movie also starred David Arquette, Nev Campbell, then of course Kit, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, and get this, uh, there was also uh, Jamie Kennedy was in this film as well, which I didn't know that until I started watching the film because it was oh. a very young Jamie Kennedy compared ah, to where I yes. saw him now. Uh, 1996, okay. yeah, Right. And so basically, I just want to go ahead and say this, the budget cost between 14 to 15 million dollars back in 1996 and the u.s box office it actually made 173 million dollars wow so it made its money back so no wonder why they wanted to franchise this thing they wanted to go ahead and do that but when you look at the casting when you look at nev campbell you look at david arquette and everything and then also too this movie also resembles us as horror fans or movie fans and stuff like that too We'll get into that a little later, but the opening scene alone is just horrifying. Uh, basically, you have a young Drew Barrymore making, uh, having a dinner. Well, basically, just having a movie, a movie night with her and her boyfriend, and she gets this call. He goes, "Do you want to play a game?" And, all right, well, basically, what's your favorite scary movie? I'm doing soft for some reason, but um, basically, what winds up happening is this. About the same thing. <laughs> it's about the same same kind yeah. of concept, but not so much of the whole jigsaw thing but you know i like the fact that she goes oh i'm watching i'm watching a scary movie then he starts playing around with her a little bit asking her what her favorite scary movie is and then she goes well what about uh some trivia so next thing you know it he winds up asking her who was the main character of friday the 13th of course everybody gets that mixed up between jason and his mother Whenever I first watched it, I even got confused myself. Mm-hmm. But then after that, or whatever, I wound up watching the very first Friday the 13th movie, and it's not even connected with Jason until the very end. But what did you think of the opening scene alone? <laughs> um, yeah, I so watching it from 2021, it makes no sense to even, <laughs> but then that was before caller ID. She didn't have caller ID, so somebody called and she was like, "Hello," and they, I guess, they engaged in the conversation. And I think when he said, um, "Oh, I'm, I'm watching you" or something, and she was like, "What?" And he had to, he was like, "Oh no, I didn't say that. I, mean, I said something else." 
And that's when she kind of uh, wanted to hang up the phone. But she stayed on the phone with that guy for a long time. Like 10 minutes. Yeah. I think she stayed on the phone What's your him? favorite movie? I'm like, so are people in 1996 very friendly with strangers? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they were just... <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't remember being that friendly. She got a conversation with him, but maybe that was when the era when it was like um chat rooms. That was actually so, the era of the chat rooms a little bit. Yeah, but then so starting maybe, to like the late nineties though. Maybe that that's what that was. She just had to chat it up with some guy, not her boyfriend. I'm like, where is your boyfriend? You're there chatting with this stranger on the phone. Well, don't and, forget though. Yeah, too. She winds up telling him, well. Uh, you have the wrong number. He goes, okay. And next thing you know it, he winds up hanging up the phone. And then mm-hmm. he calls her back. He goes, wait, didn't you, didn't I tell you you had the wrong number? He goes, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I wanted to apologize again. I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not going for verbatim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, she's kind of flirting with him a little bit and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, well, look, I got to go. I'm going to have to attend to having a movie night with my boyfriend. Oh, what are you watching? Oh, I'm just watching Halloween. And oh, is that the one where uh where the guy with the hockey mask? No, that's Jason. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm watching Halloween. That's the one with mm-hmm. Michael Myers. Oh, the guy with the white face. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he she was definitely Full entertaining him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Full conversation. I was like, girl, put the phone down. That's what my 2021 mind said. Put the phone down. <laughs> we don't talk then, to strangers. <laughs> also, too, though, he, she also winds up saying this to him, too. Uh, she's like, well, I got to go. Well, I need to know who I'm looking at. And that's when you went. She goes, excuse me. She, he goes, I'm sorry. I meant to say I need to, I need to know who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Or, or And then, of course, uh, she, he also said, I want to know what your insides look like. And then, of course, she goes, well, my boyfriend's going to be here any minute. And he's he's a football player and he's going to kick your ass. <laughs> Jenna, like, I, I kid you not. I thought she was going to say, my boyfriend's going to be here and he's on a football team and he's black and he's big and he's going to kick your ass. I thought she well, was that was on that. Scary Movie. That was actually on the Scary oh, Movie. Oh, sorry. I get it mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> they all start to run it was on Scary Movie on that one. As a matter of fact, this movie was originally supposed to be called Scary Movie. Really? I didn't yep. know that. As a matter of fact, no one wanted to take a chance on it. As a matter of fact, it, until maybe a couple of days later, I want to say, but we'll get into the trivia stuff a little later. Mm-hmm. But there started a betting war on this movie, but we'll get into that, that stuff. Interesting. Okay. Nice. So... But, you know, and then, of course, he winds up telling her, sorry, you got the wrong number. Next thing you know, he's inside the house chasing after her. And then she runs outside the door because, remember, too, she winds up running out the door. And then, of course, that's when we get that that awesome cut scene at the very beginning where basically he just stabs her in the chest. And then next thing you know, it he hangs her up on the tree. That's when the parents come in. And then they see young Drew Barrymore hanging from the tree. And then it cuts into the next day at school. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, well, so when her boyfriend, you know, he was outside on the patio and he was duct tape and he was doing trivia. He was doing trivia with her for her boyfriend's life. And then he stabbed him. (laughs) 
I don't know why looking back on it. Maybe I've seen too many movie documentaries, but it's like his all his insides just fell out all of a sudden. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it was like you can see a stream just being pulled and then somebody's <laughs> guts just go bleh. And she's like, oh god. <laughs> and then I think this is where we see the clumsiness. I don't know if yep. any movie before then you see the clumsiness of the killer. No, but Ghostface is very clumsy. Yes. He bangs into furniture. He trips yeah. over his own feet. This is pretty much me if I was a killer and dressed yeah. as Ghostface. And then he gets hit, you hear him go, ow. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I never heard Jason say, ow. <laughs> no, usually it's always the woman who winds up falling on the ground. It's never the killer that falls on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what made this movie stand out and it be innovative. Like you say, it's kind of mocking itself. Mm hmm. Right, because it's kind of making fun of other, basically making fun of scary movies in a mm -hmm. sense, but doing it on a darker level, a darker tone compared to a scary movie does. But it makes fun of itself. It becomes a parody of its own self and it knows the fact that it's making fun of itself, which is something that I really appreciated from the film of mm -hmm. the fact that it knows the target audience and knows who it's going for and gunning for. And, you know, then, of course, the next day with, the, for instance, where you have Cindy, you have Stu, you have all these other characters interacting with each other. And they're like, well, I heard that she did, you know, how these high school rumors start and everything whenever it didn't even happen that way. But it's in a small town. And so I like how they play the narrative off of, yeah, it's high schoolers who are getting killed, but high schoolers are also making up these vicious rumors about what they supposedly heard. It's so high school, if mm -hmm. you think about it. And it also feels so real because of the fact that we can relate to it in that kind of context because, we, because we've experienced stuff like that before in our school, not no killing or anything, but... For instance, someone getting sick or somebody getting mono or someone get, mm -hmm. getting into a fist fight because her boyfriend probably cheated on her or something. But either way it goes, we heard different rumblings and different stories, and that's exactly the narrative that it actually plays off of. Yeah, if we're talking about high school rumors, John, the people in my high school had sex everywhere. And in the math classroom. <laughs> the yeah, math I, heard, I heard a rumor about a, uh, something going on in a classroom. The math like, what? came in. He's like, oh. And then I never saw the math teacher again. This right. is a rumor I heard <laughs> when I was in high school. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, yes, but go on. Uh -huh. But no, but then we also get introduced to Gail, though, too, because remember the following day, the news media descends on the town. And a police investigation begins. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sydney has struggles with the impending first anniversary of her mother's uh, death. So you have two things going on here coinciding together, but you don't realize that they go together until like a little later. Mm. That, okay, yes, it's the anniversary of her mom's death, but also, too, this other thing happened with uh, Drew Barrymore's character, which is Casey. And so you don't really know what's going on here. So you have a little bit of a mystery kind of style going on. How is this linked together? Because some people don't, when you first watch this film, if you're watching it for the first time, you're like, okay, it's the anniversary of Cindy's death. It's character um, motivation. It's 
developing the character of who Cindy is and dealing with the death and struggle of her, losing her mother, but you don't realize how close together and the connection and the co cohesiveness of that, to how they run and coincide together. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, you, you don't realize it until you see the um, news report. I, was that her house she was at, John? Um, Sydney? Where she heard a news report of her mom? Basically, yeah. Because okay. um, what winds up happening is Gil uh, is also doing the investigation and linking it on how it's weird to have a murder on the anniversary of Cindy's mom, mom's death. And trying to link it. So now you don't have to try and connect the dots. Now you're actually realizing, okay, there is something more to this other than the fact that Cindy is actually dealing with uh, the her loss of her mother. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine how hard it would be for Sydney to, she just turned on the news and then you hear Gail saying, oh, it's the anniversary of her mom, Dale, who was raped and tortured. And you have to hear that on the news. Your mom was raped and tortured and you have to be reminded of her death all over town and people whispering. That has to be really tough. Well, also, too, there's also that other thing, too, where the mother is actually having an affair with Cotton Weary, who happened to be with her. And that's another he went, that's going around. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> he was also arrested for the murder of her mother because that was the last person that she was seen with. Mm -hmm. So you have that going on. So I find that very interesting. Yeah. And then Gail wrote the book. So she's, she's writing all these sensational tales about the mom and the affair and all this other stuff. Right. So you, you have to hear all that. And I think, no way I'm getting ahead of myself. Never mind. Cause we yeah, didn't get to the boyfriend yet. Ahead, but... Yeah. Okay. Well, then the boyfriend does show up at, her house and everything he's sneaking up the window remember he sneaks up the window like and clarissa yeah. explains it all and <laughs> so <laughs> he's like you wear that to bed <laughs> he, yeah that's exactly right because the way she's wearing it is definitely like virgin style clothes that's like a little nightgown that yeah only does and it doesn't show anything or anything like that it's not to me uh, sexy or anything like that. It's just something to lay in bed with, and her boy, and of course her boyfriend, who is uh, you know, who Tatum winds up coming. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah. he winds up going over to her house and everything, and he's totally let down. Well, Billy shows up. That's who it is. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Billy shows up, and he pretty much just wants some. And he's right. like, hey, how's it going? Um, You look good. Can we have sex? And she's like, no. Oh, my gosh. He's like, well, maybe we could do with our clothes on. Okay. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> oh, you're such a tease. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the funny thing is? Her boyfriend's name is Billy Loomis. Oh, I forgot his last name. <laughs> and Dr. Loomis happens to be the doctor from Halloween. <gasps> so I don't know if Wes was trying to do some foreshadowing with the two characters or something like that. Where I look in my poster, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm not sure if he named the character based off of Doctor Loomis. But you know, basically Billy's last name is Loomis, and after he drops his cell phone, uh, and then of course you know he goes upstairs, 
and then her father walks in as well. So Billy has to hurry up and duck under uh, underneath the bed. Mm-hmm. And so the father said, did I hear another voice or anything? No, no, no. It was just me. I bumped into something. And so he goes, oh, okay, well, I love you. I love you too. Then he closes the door. And yeah. then Billy comes out with the stuffed animal being like a little puppet because mm-hmm. boy, that was close. And yeah. so then and after that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, after that happens, she tells Billy that you look, I'll see you tomorrow and we'll talk more, talk more. So after he leaves, she discovers a cell phone. That cell phone happens to no, end up. No, no. I think we're jumping ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. Cause like he, he's leaving and then she, well, I'm getting too detailed, <laughs> but then she's like, Hey, can we have a PG thirteen relationship? And she's like boobies, and he's like, "Oh, you're such a tease!" And then he goes down <laughs> to the ladder. <laughs> he's like, "Blue balls, blue balls." What does he sound like? The Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's how I do guys blue when they like have blue balls. <laughs> oh, you're such a tease! It's a little bit of Batman with Cookie Monster. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm done. I'm done. That's how I imagine all guys sound when they have blue balls. Oh, me want cookie. <laughs> well, this isn't the first time that blue balls is actually mentioned on here because <laughs> we talked sorry, about blue balls last night. Uh, sorry, so. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, no, 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 you're good. You're good. Just, uh, I don't know what the rating is for this show. Don't worry. It, we're talking you about had, a you had me on, so you goes. know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, the, uh, the next day, Billy is released. Uh, but here's the thing, though. Um, I might be jumping around a little bit, but that's okay. I mean. Yeah, it's fine. But, you know, then, of course, uh, Sydney receives uh, a taunting phone call after she hangs up and everything, too. Well, here's the thing. Meanwhile, uh, basically, while waiting at home for her friend Tatum Riley, Sydney receives a taunting phone call after he she hangs up with her because remember she was supposed to stay over at Tatum's house. Yeah. And everything and that time uh after that happens because her father's going out away going away on a business trip. Conveniently. Conveniently going away on a <laughs> business trip. So that leaves Sydney ba- by herself and then that's when she gets that haunting phone call after she hangs up with Tatum said that she'll be over there in a few minutes to pick her up to spend the night over at her house. And then that's yeah. when she winds up getting uh, that phone call from Ghostface. And basically he ends up asking her the same questions uh, that he asked uh, Drew Barrymore's character. And what winds up happening is this. She goes, yeah, I don't like scary movies. It's just some stupid blonde head w- woman with big boobs that ju- just goes up the stairs and doesn't think about just going out the front door. It's totally ridiculous. Next yeah. thing you know it. And he goes, well, what's so ridiculous about it? Next thing you know it, uh, he pops out of nowhere and starts chasing her. And then it's also her running up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then as she's going up the stairs, she shuts the door, locks it, puts the chair up against the wall, the door, gets on her computer, calls 911. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, it said something about for the death. Like, why does she have that? Well, 
Here's the thing. I remember back in the day, they did have something like that in case you weren't able to call out or something while you're oh. online. So therefore, you can call 911. I remember them having something like that back in the early Ooh. 90s, the so little late 90s. do a dispatch for the death and just call 911 through that. That's interesting. You know, yeah, that's what they did, though, uh, because I remember them trying it out as a little deep detail thing but i don't mm -hmm. it didn't last long mm. but then of course she winds up finding um billy's phone after yeah. after ghostface winds up leaving and then that's when tatum will ask her what's going on and then of course she calls her brother dewey up to investigate and dewey is <laughs> just a small town cop that's just trying to do good and also while well, also trying to check out a high schooler too which is kind of weird because he's also checking out. I don't. I don't get it. Sorry. <laughs> but... Every time I think about Dewey, scary movie has totally messed me up. <laughs> Two feet. I think about the Dewey scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it the whole time. I was looking at this. I was like, oh. <laughs> but he's not as good looking as he is on this one, though. <laughs> Yeah, he had the hat on and scary move with the spinner. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're talking about scream. Okay, right. You race but, here. Like I said before, Billy arri uh, arrives shortly. This is also what makes him a suspect because Billy mm -hmm. does wind up arriving just at the same time that Dewey shows up. Yeah, he's like, oh, I heard a noise. You okay? She's like, oh my god, Billy. I'm like, that's suspicious. Right, I thought because, he was suspicious when he first came in the window, John. Because his face just... His it, eyes alone gives you the creepiness, to be honest with you. Looks like a rat. His face looks like a rat. <laughs> what, and Oh, I asked you before when we were trying to do this show, uh, did the craft, because that's the same guy that was the <clears throat> the villain in the craft. Okay, this movie that was... Nancy pushed out the window. Okay, this movie oh, was released. Alert. Well, this movie was released December twentieth of nineteen ninety six. The craft okay. was released in the summertime. Oh, see, I wonder if audience would have suspected before. That's the killer. <laughs> but <laughs> then again, things like this. Nobody really at that time paid attention to release dates or anything like that. So basically, they wouldn't even know that this was basically he was in the craft until you watch the craft movie. And I'm not sure if the craft is a, has a was a cult classic or anything like that oh, either. Okay, yeah. This was more of a special moment for everybody for the Scream franchise for the very yeah. first Scream movie. This was, uh, of course, Jamie Kennedy's very first speaking role. Really? For, yep. Wow. This was the very first role that he got. And he was just privileged enough to actually get it. He wasn't even sure he was going to be returning for the second film or anything like that until uh, until he got the call that he was going to be in the second film. And then they told him, hey, look, you're going to have a little small cameo role. As a matter of fact, there was different scripts going around the studios in the second film mm. as well. So nobody knew who the killer was. No one knew who was going to get axed off or anything like that. It came as a surprise. And usually you hear about that kind of movement on a TV show. Yeah. You don't normally hear about it necessarily on a movie. So I definitely like that aspect that they decided to do it a little bit differently on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, so basically you have this huge movie by Wes Craven. Who wouldn't want to say no to Wes Craven, the guy who made Nightmare on Elm Street, to be in a movie? You know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, after that winds up happening, uh, Dewey starts suspecting Billy. And, of course, Cindy winds up finding the cell phone, which is also linked, of course, to Drew Barrymore's house because of the fact that Casey winds up answering the phone. And when she hits the read, uh, looks at the redial button and everything, of course, that's when they realize that, you know, it was linked to that. So yeah. therefore now it makes it look like Billy is actually uh, the one making the calls. And, yeah. you know, Cindy doesn't think that um, that Billy's even doing it at all. Yeah. In, in the police station, you know, he was like, oh, I didn't do it. Da, da, da. And I, I like the writing. It kind of throws the audience off a little bit. Because you're like, oh, man, we caught him already. Dang. <laughs> and we still have more deal. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it wasn't him. But I like in the station because Dewey and Tatum are brother and sister. Right. And she was like, Dewey, can we go now? You know, because Sydney was in a police station and he was like, no. And he's like, what did I tell? What did mom say? She said, when I'm in in this um in this office, station, you respect my badge. My authority, respect my authority. You know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I don't care. We're finna go. And then all the policemen hassling him. He's like, oh crap. Because he's like, um, what deputy? Yeah, he's, he's a deputy like, sheriff. Yeah. He's, he's what did mom train. tell you? When I'm in this sheriff's office and everything, yeah. you respect me. You respect my yeah. badge. Respect my You're authority. Not in <laughs> first of all but, i want to know what kind of man still <laughs> that age still lives at home he was um, 25 okay so 25 yeah. and he's a deputy sheriff yeah and nothing's really happening in that town other than this now yeah, yeah. you're probably yeah. not making much in that small town no, he's not no nope. yeah yeah no nope. but yeah but you know we were like oh man they called him already dang but when um, Sydney goes to Tatum's house and then well, the killer calls. There's oh. actually something that happens before they get to Tatum's house. Oh, okay. okay. That's when she's confronted with Gil. <laughs> Remember? Because yeah. uh, Gil goes, hey, how does it feel to actually have a murder take place at the same time that your mom, and I'm just par- going for verbatim here. I'm not yeah. quoting the movie. But how does it feel to have somebody murder that you knew in high school at on the anniversary of your mom's death? And she, and she goes, oh, Gail, by the way, I, I've, I heard that you have a book coming out. I can't wait to read it. Oh, I'll get you a copy. Next thing you know, it, she winds up slugging her and Gail goes down for the count. Dewey goes ahead, puts his sister Tatum and Cindy in the police car, escorted back home and everything, and back over to Tatum's house. And then Tatum's over there mocking um, the whole entire scene. Yeah, yeah. She knocked the highlights out of Gail. Yeah, she goes, I'll get you a copy. Next thing you know, bitch goes down. Yeah, <laughs> but- yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, oh, man, this is so 90s. Like, you look yeah. back at it, you go, well, how could we have worn that stuff? Like, Gail, she had, like, dark hair, but then it was, like, blonde streaks. 
It actually oh, looks yeah. pretty good, though. I mean, I'm just going to say, Gale's hair looks better than in Scream 3. Scream 3, it had those bangs in there because it was actually David Arquette's idea to have her have bangs. Oh, really? Yeah. I and Yeah, I found I out that little... Decent. I liked her better <laughs> with this one and also, too, when she was in Scream 2. Okay. Her hairstyle yeah. looked better in Scream 2 than Scream 1. But if I had to choose which one, I would actually go with Scream 2, then Scream 1's hairstyle. Why am I going after hairstyles? But I'll anyways. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's why uh, with the bangs and everything, it was actually David Arquette's idea. Oh, no, no wonder they divorced. <laughs> <laughs> bangs? There's actually a joke about that, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, Billy is a, um, by the way, they actually think Billy's the killer, so they capture him. But also, too, while she's over at, state, uh, at Tatum's house, she gets another anonymous phone call while he's in jail, while Billy's in jail. So it makes it look like that he's not the killer yeah. at all. And also, too, his father also confirms the fact that Billy was actually at, the, at his house. So therefore, he actually has an alibi because he has an alibi. He's out of prison and no longer a suspect in the eyes of the sheriff's department. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes to school and everybody at school is so insensitive. They're running around with ghost masks. Like, Whoa. <laughs> well, also like, too, I, one thing I have to say, I'm proud of the principal though. I'm proud of the principal. For t- <laughs> oh, you mean the fonts? Huh? Hey. 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 What's going on? But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you, you, you that thought, word. oh, oh, the phone's name. Yeah. Oh God, I can't believe I forgot. Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Winkler. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you told me when we kind of talked about this before. You thought it was the principal, right? Because he's cutting up the mask with the <clears throat> sharpest, cleanest scissors I've ever seen, and I'm so jealous of those scissors. They look like they came <laughs> from surgery. <laughs> He's like, I cut you, I cut you like a fish, you stupid kids and your whore generation. I was like, dang. And he also puts the mask on. Yeah. Oh, oh, remember he threatened that boy? He was like, how would you like it? And then he put the scissors on his chest. He's like, we cut your guts out and hang you on a tree. I was like, damn. But I understand where he's coming from, in a sense, looking back on it. Because yeah, he was being told it ball now. bags, though, if you think about it. Yeah, because they were, they were being insensitive, so therefore he has to scare them into submitting to him because he's the principal and he upholds a higher power in the school system. And if he lets that chaos run and everything, that's going to run amok. And he doesn't and want that. Pawns. Right. Yeah. But I was thinking it was him. I was thinking that it was the principal. Then all of a sudden the principal gets killed in the bathroom, I believe. <laughs> so... I was like, nope, never mind. That's not him. I remember um, I looked at my mom because she's the one who brought me to the movie theater. Because I remember <laughs> whispering to her, I said, I think it's the principal. And this is like 10-year-old me or 11-year-old me. I said, I think it's the principal. And then all of a sudden he gets killed. I'm like, it wasn't the principal. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you say, Ma, I think it's the pro Oh, never mind, never mind. <laughs> it's not. But also, too, we also have this other scene being played out out in the fountain, too, with Cindy and all her friends. And of course, well, this is actually before I think caught up before Billy winds up getting arrested. But remember, 
two, where you basically have um, you wind up having Stu, um, Stu there with everybody else, and Tatum, and then you also you also have uh, Billy, and they're all talking about who could be a suspect mm-hmm. in the murder and how to gut somebody, mm-hmm. and then yeah. It was just so much foreshadowing behind it that it's not even finding out who the killer is. It's completely obvious once you watch the film, once you feel like with the plot twist of who it is, it's ballpark figure going on over here. And especially with the little joke, leave here later. Yeah. But <laughs> I wonder in the 90s, was it obvious for Mm-mm. us then? Like, where you look back, you like, wow, this this movie is filled with so many foreshadowing. You might as well just put an arrow and say it's them, it's right? Them. Because it's Stu and Billy, you know. Spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I always liked. Now, here's another thing, though. Too is I like the video store scene in this because oh. the video store. This is what I'm getting at, where it's symbolization, and it mm-hmm. reminds me of us. And, of course, I used to work at a video store back in the day. I didn't have um, the privilege, but I went to Blockbuster <clears throat> many a times. <laughs> I did, too. But I also worked at Movie Gallery down here. I was so lucky. <laughs> so, seeing, um, Stu, uh, seeing Stu and them talk to each other. Uh, what's what's Jamie Car- uh, Kennedy's character's name? Oh, gosh. Is it Randy? Yeah, Randy. Thank you. Randy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I forgot too until the yeah. end of the movie. Randy, like, oh, Randy reminds me of myself because okay. of the fact I love movies. I quote movies all the time. I'm a, I'm not as, uh, to be honest with you, I love horror movies, but not as much as Randy does. To no. the T where he's like the horror expert. Yes. Which, speaking of horror experts, I recommend you guys listen to Brucker, uh, Brucker's podcast, which is really mm. good because awesome. he's this huge um podcast to me to be honest with you he was actually part of um another podcast that i was at he was on my show about last year but you know brecker uh brecker is just fantastic at what he does but anyways um to me he symbolizes who we are as an audience as someone that talks about horror films knows horror films and things like that and also panning out the obvious he even said it billy is the suspect Mm-hmm. In the in the video store. Yeah, he's like, look at the guy. I was like, yes. <laughs> he's Let's like, look, look at his at face. <laughs> and why would he be in the video store in a horror section with yes. all these other girls is what he yes, said. Yes, and he's a suspect. But the banter between Stu and Randy, I love. I love the banter between the two of them. Yeah, very 90s dialogue. Especially Matthew Lillard. What's his name? Lillard? Yeah. Lillard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew Lillard does he a fantastic can job do a of playing drinking too. game on how many times he sticks his tongue out. <laughs> he does that like, a lot in all yeah. his movies. <sighs> I was like, "What are you doing?" But if you if you follow Matthew Lillard's uh, thing, yeah. he does that a lot in his movies. She's all that. I think he also did it on Hackers and stuff like and things like You'd that too. Be so drunk if you do a game on that. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, speaking of blue balls, yes, and everything, yeah. I have to drop a little 20% off promo code 
for Manscaped. What is Manscaped? I'm glad that you guys asked because you know who could actually use the Manscaped, Tamika? The Ghostface? No, not Ghostface. Oh, okay. Freddy Cougar. He could have actually Ooh. used a Manscaped. He has that claw. He has no way of shaving anything in the downstairs area or anything like that. He could have done a lot of damage in the downstairs area, but he could have used a Manscaped. Uh, matter of fact, a lawnmower 4.0 is a, basically the one that I would recommend for him because support for this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped and Movie Lovers Unite. Who is the best in manscaping in the waste grooming championship of the world? Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 join over 2 million men worldwide who trust manscape with the exclusive offer for you 20 percent off worldwide plus shipping free shipping with the promo code movie lovers unite and get this if he would actually if freddie would just imagine shaving with a sleek well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your his favorite time in the bathroom he wouldn't have to be worried about what uh scaring anybody because i promise you the below the waist and everything is probably a lot more scarier than chasing after a teenage girl with a nightmare but you know i'm one of the first people uh, to try the 4.0 and i'm blown away with the performance the craftsmanship and the details in the 4.0 are next level i'll tell you what i used to have a hard time uh with just using a regular razors i would always go on ahead cut myself and everything but the 4.0 is just fantastic with the manscaped the engineering the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibility comfortable grooming experiences the, their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge chromatic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin technology i now feel comfortable and confident shaving my boys the upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch that's always a plus because you don't want to go ahead and cut yourself and it doesn't cut on and off while trimming your boys that could be a bloody mess so switch that engaged a travel lock it also gives you the ability to turn the 4000 led spotlight on and off when needed or more for a precise shape. I'll tell you what, the LED light is the fantastic thing. That's one of the things that I liked about it. You, you, you thought you had here, you don't know what you had until you actually use that LED light on the hard to reach areas. Because by then you look like a cheetah pet getting groomed. That's yeah. how much hair you would actually have. It looks like Mr. Miyagi doing a bonsai tree. And then he's trimming off that bonsai tree to make it perfect. And that's exactly what you want when you're doing your manscape. Because you can do a lot of landscaping with your manscape. Because the manscaping for your downstairs area. But when <laughs> when needed for a more precise shape, the Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lens with sizes one through four. Did I mention, mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. No, no one wants to have that hair in your mouth. No one wants to have a cheetah uh, cheetah pet from mouth or anything. If you want to go on ahead, have invest in something, you know, go on ahead, invest in, and go on ahead, invest in the Manscaped. It's your time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boys. Don't be like Freddy Cougar who has a burnt boy. You know, you don't want that. Have a nice little smooth edge to your boy because that's what you want. Get 20% off plus free shipping and handling with the promo code 
uh, Movie Lovers Unite at Manscaped.com. And guess what? Your balls will thank you, and so will your partner that you're with. And this promo is this promo is brought to you by Movie Lovers Unite and Manscaped. Awesome. Yep. Always good to shave your boys. Yes. So any- <laughs> think about the women, men. Yes. <laughs> Because they don't want to make your. Here's the thing: you don't want to have a, any kind of hair or anything look like a cheetah pet. That's not sexy no, at all. No, who wants hair in there? It looks like a jungle down there. That's not a good thing. <laughs> if Tarzan can swing from it. It's not good. No. <laughs> so, I don't like anyway. hair in my food. No. <laughs> so now that we cut that out of the way, um, no. so no. basically we were talking about them hanging out at the blockbusters and stuff like that, renting videos. And of course, the arrow pointing over to Billy, Bill, and then of course, Jews trying to make it up, saying, "Oh no, he's not the killer, or anything." And he goes, "Well, how do you know? He could be." And then he's all going through the extremes of trying to convince him that he's not the killer. You yeah, can definitely tell Jews trying to cover it up. Oh yeah, yeah. he's trying way too hard to see <laughs> that he's not the killer. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, the the writing going back to the writing it was really innovative i was yeah at this time period it was innovative because he's talking about pop culture like you know the police are always oblivious and you're like yeah they are wow i didn't think about that somebody's actually saying what i'm thinking he's like they're always oblivious and he was like the father is the red hair and it's really billy it's billy i tell you it's billy look at his face it's him (laughs) Exactly. And I I think maybe like you said, video nerds or video people probably knew it was Billy, but maybe us, the uh, other people probably were so oblivious that we didn't think about it. And we needed a Randy to represent you guys to say, listen, people, it's it's Billy, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Because of that. I feel like that we get, and you asked me this question, and it's a very good question, where you said, do you think us as an audience would actually know back in those days that it would be would have been Billy? Mm-hmm. And I feel like as an audience member watching this for the first time, you're so enticed and so glued into the plot that you're missing so many details that you don't realize that Billy is actually the killer until the very end. And it's also Stu that's helping him, which also makes it that much so real, though, too, because of the fact that you have two people trying to murder Cindy, trying to make her life a living hell. And it also explains why Billy was able to get out of prison as well, because you're like, okay, wait, there was a cell phone that was linked to the murder from the very beginning of the film. But now you're telling me that he's not the murderer. He's no longer a suspect. But how is that possible? And then you wind up finding out there's actually two murders in this murders in this movie, not just one. So I like how they play that off. But like you said, I feel like when it comes down to the other character in the video store that you mentioned, uh, which would actually be Randy, I feel like that he's telling us as an audience, hey, snap out of it. Wake mm-hmm. up. Get to reality of it, of the situation here. Stu and them are no good. Billy is the killer. You need to go on ahead. And he's kind of breaking the third, fourth wall without having to break the fourth wall in a sense. Because he's explaining the rules and things like that of a horror movie. And that I like that. I liked how he explains things. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it makes you want to hang out with Randy. Like, not too long because he gets a little bit annoying. But, you know, like, long enough where you absorb some knowledge. Yeah, you can definitely absorb a lot of movie knowledge from him, horror movie knowledge on how to survive and things like that. So that's one thing I liked about Randy's character. And then, you know, there. then, of course, the next day, Billy is released, like we said, uh, shifts to Cindy. Uh, Cindy's father, Neil, as he calls, have been traced to his phone. So now it makes it look like the father is the one doing all these horrible things. And it's aimed at the father because he's out of town. So he basically, he doesn't have an alibi to go by and everything, even though Cindy's by herself and she's with Tatum and Dewey. But where's the father at? Yeah. Yeah. They, like I said, they, they throw you in so many directions. So you, you, you won't get too close to knowing who it is. So they the whole movie, the, the writers are teasing you the whole time. They're like, could be Bill, let me veer you in this direction. Then you kind of get thrown off and you're like, whoa. Even with Randy explaining everything to you, you get thrown off and you're like, oh wait, wait, it could have been the father. You know, it's and that scene I'm trying to get in my 1996 mindset, John, but it's really hard <laughs> because when I see the scene of Dewey, anytime I see Dewey, but when he was talking to the sheriff and like you said, they were saying, oh, it's the dad. He was out of town, whatever. And Dewey's licking the ice cream cone. He's like, mm, yeah, yeah, could be. Mm, you think so? Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what right. is he doing? <laughs> it's so, like, yeah, so ridiculous. You can definitely tell he's a small time cop. They're making fun of small time cops from other horror movies. We just buy him doing something like that. They have time to eat ice cream. <laughs> I guess so. But, you know, I liked oh, how goodness. they're now, be, now all of a sudden he becomes a suspect. School is suspended in the wake of the murders. After the students have left the school, the killer stabs the principal, like we said, to death in his office. Tatum's boyfriend, Stu, throws a party to celebrate the school's closure. So now they're actually having a sleepover party mixed in with a Halloween type of party. But it's not yeah. actually a Halloween party. It's Sydney's demise. Yeah. Right. Very insensitive. Let's have a party since you know on you Sydney's almost behalf. got killed. Oh yeah, on her behalf. Yeah, let's have a party since you almost got killed. <laughs> and you know what? We didn't see that as a foreshadowing either. That it was Stu's idea to have the party in the first oh, place. See? <laughs> because at the, get this, all this time I thought it was Randy throwing the party because of the fact him just geeking out over horror movies. Yeah. But now that now that I saw this movie and I, since we're having the new movie, it gives you a whole new light on certain things because now, okay, so now Stu is the one who's throwing the party at his house on Cindy's behalf, making fun of the fact that there's a killer out there mm -hmm. and horrifying her and scaring her. And also Billy's going along with the, of course, Billy's the leader of this whole entire yes. thing. Yes, yes. But now it makes all sense because now you have that. And then at this same time, you have another thing that's going on where basically uh, you have the party going on and then you have Deputy Dewey uh, being outside serving and protecting the law. Sorry. 
serving and protecting the law and everything, protecting these teenagers against this ghost-based killer, making sure nothing's happening. And then meanwhile, Gail shows up with her band with Kenny, the cameraman. Yeah, the one she called Fast Law. Yeah. yeah. And so Kenny and her uh, actually hide a video camera in their in the home to see what's going on inside the house and everything else too of stews and nobody's even paying attention of the camera or anything either because it's so small you can't really see it but it's underneath the vcr and stuff like that yeah i'm surprised randy didn't catch that i don't think he was counting on gail to crash the party or anything well Stu either to be honest with you i would actually think that Stu and uh, Billy would have catch that before Randy did. Because mm-hmm. I think Randy... Because don't forget, it's Stu's house. Yeah, that's true. So you, you would think that he, he would catch something that might be off-putting or off-balance a little bit. But no. And then Stu's... And then, of course, you have... Of, of course, you wind up having Randy operating the uh, VCR and explaining in detail about the rules. And, of course, then you have Tatum, who's looking for ice and goes downstairs get the ice in the basement area and then she winds up uh getting chased by the killer in the garage and then that also leads over to her trying to escape through the doggy door of the garage and then of course ghost phase goes on ahead and decides to use the garage door as a way to kill her can we uh go into that scene a little bit yeah yeah because when um you know she went down to the garage to get ice or beer or whatever she was getting um she turned the lights on and i there's probably commentary about this but um that's rose mcgowan yep yeah and then she turns the lights on and clearly she doesn't have a bra on so that's the first thing i noticed like i noticed that too as a kid headlights everywhere she's like (laughs) oh i was like what is okay you know and then she's going downstairs <clears throat> and she see the killer and he's just standing there and she think it's Randy. Like all these people, it's like they let their inhibitions down and they're like, Randy, move out the way. I'm like, it's a killer girl. She's like, oh, Randy, get out the way. And, you know, she, she at least fought back. I will say at least the women in this movie fight back because she was throwing beer bottles at them and you hear him going, oh, Oh, I'm like, wait a minute! <laughs> I'm not supposed to hear this. It's gonna be tough. And she was kicking his ass, man. She was. She was. I, I mean, have to she would have got away if it weren't for that. You know, those hips. Right. <laughs> Going through and, that. <laughs> and dies by the death hip, of the garage hip. door. <laughs> And then after she winds up dying, you also have Randy explaining the rules of a horror movie. Oh, wait. Um, So when he pulled the garage door up, could there have been a way she could have survived? Like the way her head smashed? (laughs) She's dead. (laughs) Oh, I thought it would have just been like, uh, you know, because the garage door was like... The way the garage door lifted up and then it quickly impacted the ground. It, she's dead. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Now, if we didn't see like a body, and it smashed her, her head, and I was like, oh, okay. But considering oh, okay, the fact that Cindy winds up finding her dead body <laughs> in the garage, yeah. and everything, and she's just hanging there, she's dead. Okay. And now, if you didn't see I'll a body, 
Uh, later now, if you didn't see a body or whatever, chances is she's probably dead or the killer moved the body. But considering yeah. the fact Ghostface just leaves the body there, then she's dead. There's no coming yeah. back from that. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I let it go. I'm sorry. I got too deep into it. I'm like, well, maybe she could have lived because it was going slow up and then she was coming down. Well, you're right. I'm not I the first one to think that, though. I was like, okay, it has to be a way. <laughs> to be honest with you, it. I even thought that once, to be honest. I that, cro- that thought crossed my mind a couple of times whenever I was watching this film. But it made it seem like the garage door had like razor sharp I don't know, blades or something. I was like, it's a garage door. Like, it goes up, it goes down. <laughs> Not in a horror know. movie. <laughs> okay, got it. It yeah, shows the gro- it right. right. Sorry. Logic. Logic. Shut up. Logic goes okay. out the door. Yeah, but, and yeah, I like how ghost face is like, oh, well, that was easy. Anybody saw that? Okay. I'm just going to move out this frame here. <laughs> I was like, who is this? Am I supposed to be laughing or am I supposed to be terrified? Right. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, too. Cotton Weary does show up in this film before the party, too. I saw him on TV. Don't, well, I think he has, a, he has a confrontation with Cindy. I believe. Because he gets out of prison. And everything. Because Gail brings, her, brings him over to her. No, that was in two. That was in two? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting the yeah, two mixed up. Two I apologize. I if apologize. you want to do the rest, you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good with part one. We only have okay. enough. Okay. <laughs> so I do apologize. I am actually, uh, you know what? I'm actually skipping ahead, a lot ahead to the second film. It's fine. We almost finished. We are at the right. party. Right. We're at the party. Yeah. And then and so, um, Randy's explaining the rules. Yeah. The rules. Okay. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a heart film. For instance, yes. number one, you never have sex. Yes. Big no-no. No yes. sex equals no death. Sex. Okay? Yes. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Oh, boy, I'm doomed. I like to have <laughs> a little beer every now and then, but it's fine. <laughs> the sin factor. It's a okay. sin. It's an extension of a number one. A number three, you never, ever ever under any circumstance i'll be right back because yeah. you won't be right back yeah hey john i'll be right yeah. back no <laughs> <laughs> and then randy says see you pushed the laws and you end up dead okay i'll see yeah, you in the kitchen Stu with said, hey randy do you want a beer he's like oh yeah sure see he got caught off guard too he's like okay i'll be right back, be right back. And he's tongue. <laughs> 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 i'm like oh gosh look at that tongue again <laughs> then uh then of course cindy winds up saying too oh my god randy i never thought you were um she goes i thought you were dead randy goes i thought i uh, he goes i probably should be i never thought i'd be so happy to be a virgin Right. That was actually that was actually towards the end of the film, though. But yeah, I just want to yeah. I just wanted to say that quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, well, then uh, Billy shows up. Who invited him? And he wasn't supposed to be there. And him and um, Sydney have sex, which is what he always wanted. Because they haven't had sex since her mom's death. They haven't which, had sex at all. Way, Cindy's actually a virgin, I think. Well, he said before your death we were rated R, which I thought that was sex. Maybe oral. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, but anyway, he was all about sex. And then, well, going going back some when he got released and he was in the high school and they ran into each other. And he was like, oh, you accused me of killing. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I want my girlfriend back. Um, You know, ever since your mom died, you've just been so weird. And she's like, my mom died. He's like, my mom left me. <laughs> you just get over it. She's like, my mom died, idiot. He's like, oh, I mean, you don't even let me, you know, put it in anymore. I mean, it's, it's, your mom died. Get over it. I want some sex. That's basically right? That's pretty much what he says. It's pretty much yeah. the same ball bag thing sex? that happened on The Sopranos with uh, Meadow and Jackie Jr. She was oh. sick and he wanted sex with the script. <laughs> so it's basically the same thing. Yes. You're sick. Well, well, you know, it's okay. Just cough to the side. We'll be okay. I'm sick, Jackie Jr. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but, you know, I, another thing, too, that winds up happening after all this is going on, you wind up seeing, um, after that, you wind up seeing Cindy and them having sex. Cindy and Billy are confronted by the killer who attacks Billy. Billy goes down. Cindy nearly escapes because Ghostface is clumsy. So she yeah. escapes from the house and seeks help from Kenny, but the killer, <laughs> the killer already slashed his throat. Yeah, yeah. Half the partiers, they left because they, oh God, these people are sick. They found out that the principal was stabbed. They were like, oh, cool. Let's see the body before he takes it away. So basically everybody left and it's just those two. And that's why she's running and asking for help. In some kind of way, Billy just pops up. He's like, oh, Cindy. I'm like, the stabbing you got, sir, you should be dead. You should not be like, oh, Sydney, take my hand. Oh my God, Billy, are you okay? Be okay. You know, and then Randy's like, oh, God, ah, Stu's going crazy. And then Billy's like, we all go a little mad sometimes. And that's when I'd be like, what? Uh-oh. And then he shoots him. She's like, oh, God, Billy, now. But he goes, help me. Randy's gone mad. Help me. And he goes, we all go mad a little bit, Cindy. And he gets, gets the gun, and then he shoots Randy. And then another thing, too, that I find that is weird though but you know oh yeah yeah just i mean just him getting up to me was weird and just turning around shooting revealing himself he's like oh god you shot brandy or something like that so she was still clueless she was like oh my god billy he's not he's not the killer what are you doing and then there's a slow reveal, and she's like, oh, you're the killer. Oh, God, I never saw it. Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> Especially when he's stumbling around saying, oh, oh. Cindy, Cindy, oh, Cindy. Oh, give me the gun. Give me the gun, Cindy. Cindy. <laughs> and he's stumbling like Ghostface would stumble. <laughs> yeah. Cindy, and, the gun. I'm sorry, Billy, you okay? <laughs> and after she he shoots Randy, that's when Stu comes out. Yeah, surprise. And he goes, surprise, Cindy. She's like, and oh, <laughs> Stu, we thought you were outside. <laughs> because remember, 
okay. There's also another thing that actually gets played out though too that we forgot about with Gale and Dewey. There's also there's also stuff going on on the outside oh. though too where right. uh, basically Dewey is falling for Gale. Yeah. And talking about old memories and things like that, and of course they almost get run over by a couple of uh, trick or treaters or partiers also, and then he lands on top of Gale. Then after that. You know, think he gets a distress call that there's something going on over at the house. Yeah, yeah. And then she finds um, he finds Sydney's dad's car. Right. Yeah. That's how they. That's right. They find Sydney's dad's car, and then they go back over to the house because now it's actually making sense that something could have actually happened to Cindy's father. So therefore, Cindy's father might not even be a suspect anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know the whole surprise party. Where it gets revealed, they're like, surprise, it's us, we the killers, you know. <laughs> and then after and, that, they make their way back to uh, back. Gail tries to escape in her van, but drives off the road to avoid hitting uh, Sydney, uh, hitting Sydney, and crashes. Meanwhile, Dewey is stabbed in the back while investigating the house, and Sydney takes oh, yeah. the, his gun for protection. Stu, Stu and Randy appear and acu- accuse each other of being the killer. And then Cindy retreats into the house where she finds Billy wounded but still alive. She gives Billy the gun before he lets Randy into the house and shoots him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, why are you doing this? And then which they watch way too many movies, by the way, John. It's <laughs> they like, definitely do. Well, they never, the killer never gives the motive away. But if you need a motive, your mom was a slut bag. I was like, damn. Oh, ouch. Everybody yeah. knew it. I was like, geez, goodness. And like, wait, did you kill my mom? Yeah, I killed him. <laughs> Your <laughs> mom was with my dad. Oh, God. And then all of a sudden, they bring the dad out. He's like, hmm. Mm. Yeah. Poor and dad. tries to blame him for a homicide for the party yeah. and stuff like that because he just all of a sudden just snaps. Yeah, they say, like, okay, so this was going to happen. Um, you're you're going to die. They're going to blame it on your dad. Because he snapped. Because the anniversary come up, blah, blah, blah. And then the stabbing scene was, it was funny yet twisted and sick. Because they had Right, because the, they started quoting stuff from Psycho. They started yeah. quoting, because remember, you don't want to go too deep. If you go too deep, you're going to cut all the major arteries and everything, which is not going to be good, which is going to cause me to bleed out. And then, of course, he's also explaining how he's still alive because of corn syrup, what uh, Billy is. Corn and he syrup. goes, corn syrup. Same stuff that they made in other horror movies or something like that. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that winds up happening, uh, Billy stabs Stu, but he stabs him a little too deep. Stu then goes on ahead. Basically, it's a back and forth game with them because they have to make it look like that the father stabbed them. So basically, what winds up happening is Billy, Stu winds up stabbing Billy first. And he doesn't cut him all the way. Then after that, Stu winds up uh, getting stabbed by Billy, but he cuts him a little too deep. He goes, you asshole, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to go that deep. And so, Why do you yeah. trust a killer? <laughs> Especially killer. when you're following him? Billy, for crying out loud. Yeah, Billy is more of a psychopath. He doesn't even smile. But uh, then after that, we wind up uh, seeing who survived the crash. Uh, then, of course, after that winds up happening, uh, 
Billy with an umbrella. Oh, that's right. Then the whole entire thing gets twisted around. Remember, Cindy winds up after they're going on their back and forth. That's when, of course, Cindy winds up escaping, and nobody knows where she's at. So she winds up turning the tables on them, and she winds up calling them mm-hmm. and just, "Hey, you want to play a game?" Yeah, goes, this is not funny, awesome. Cindy. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. It was awesome. Now, my favorite part is by Stu, though, because Stu winds up, she goes, and I call the cops. And Stu doesn't even care about himself dying or anything like that. He's bleeding, but he doesn't even care. He goes, Did you really call the cops? He goes, Dip, bet your ass I did. My parents are going to be so mad. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're going to be dead in a couple minutes. <laughs> I, I like that part where she, you know, Billy's looking for her. And they pan to the scene of Halloween. Because, yeah, Halloween seems like a big influence on the director, too. Um, right. But they showing Halloween in the movie. And then Sydney's dressed as Ghostface. She comes out and then she's stabbing Billy with an umbrella. Right, and then Stu magically comes out of nowhere, and then she does some karate flip where she just like flipping him on his back. And I was like, Dang, where'd she learn that move from? <laughs> That's an awesome move. Dang, I need to study that move. But also, too, the foreshadowing of the closet in Halloween there's the pause, the pause, not well, the movie didn't pause or anything like that, but uh-huh. the scene is being played out. This is also where Lori is actually trapped in the closet trying to hide from Michael Myers. So get this. So instead of the killer being a male and the woman's hiding in the closet, I mean, um, the woman is hiding in the closet, it's actually the killer, which is Cindy, hiding in the closet, getting ready to stab uh, Stu in them. Mm-hmm. But she winds up stabbing Billy with the umbrella. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of a foreshadowing, doing a little bit of a gender swap. Yes, it was excellent. And then she has that tussle with Stu. And he's like, I already have a thing for you, Sydney. Yeah. You know, his tongue comes out again. Drinking game. And then she kills him with a TV, which I am trying to... Okay, I'm not going to think too much. We already got past the garage scene. So, I was no, like, no, no, no. Because there are some people the that TV. think Stu's still alive. I've been looking it up Okay. before we started. And there are people that think that Stu's still alive. And yeah, Melty... That TV huh? screen was kind of big, but at the most, I don't think the TV would have broken, like the screen would have broken. But those things were actually heavy back in the day, though, too. It depends on how high it was sitting on top. And Okay, yeah. We don't have to. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Bye, lady but go. it also depends also, too, on how don't, TV sets back in those days, they were heavy as hell. Yeah, they were. But... Still, um, there's a lot of people that think he's still alive. And matter of fact, Matthew Lillard wants to come back for this fifth one. No oh boy. And I want him to come back because I like Matthew Lillard. I have to see that tongue again. <laughs> that gonna come out. The only time that he doesn't stick his tongue out on a movie is probably uh, the movie that you and I reviewed last Halloween. 13 Ghosts? Yeah. He didn't? Nope. Interesting. He was trying to be serious, do a serious role. He's trying to be a little serious because don't forget that was a different role compared to what he got did. 
and okay. scream. Right. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he also played another role in Senseless where he actually had a bunch of bunch of piercings and stuff like that, too. Is that the one with Marlon Wayans? Yeah. Basically, oh. he would come, come in with a new piercing on his face. <laughs> and also, too, he also got his Prince Albert uh, pierced, though, in the Downstairs area, if you know what I mean. <laughs> too. So, Snort. that was also an... <laughs> But I like Matthew Lillard, though. I would love for him to come back as Stu because I like Stu as a character. Yeah. That's just me. Um, you. <laughs> also, too, <laughs> uh, I like Matthew Lillard. I heard him being interviewed on Collider Live a couple of years ago, and he's deeply into um, D&D. He loves D&D. Oh, cool. Awesome. And stuff like that. And he's also got D&D packages, campaigns, and stuff like that that he does. Oh, so, sweet. I love Matthew Lillard and how much, how geeky he is as a person. Okay, cool. But him and as far Joe as an actor Mango goes, guy and uh, play together. <laughs> well, him and Joe do play together. Oh, cool! That's so, even better. <laughs> but you know, I would love to see uh, Matthew Lillard return. But you know, that's just me and my prerogative because yeah, I think that it could do something more to mm-hmm. do a callback to the very first screen movie because I think this is what it's going to. Yeah. But, you know, after this winds up happening, like I said before, after she winds up killing him with the TV set, Billy then awakens and attacks Cindy, but Gail shoots him. Randy is revealed to be wounded but alive and remarks that the killer always resurfaces for one last gear. Cindy takes the gun and shoots him, Billy in the head, killing him for a good, and the sun rises and police arrive. Do we badly injured is taken away from the ambulance gives gail a thumbs up makes an opportune news report about the night's events and the movie cuts to black okay so when billy got shot he should have been dead but like you told me let your logic go to me because he got shot he was like Bleh! i was like what is that Bleh! well that's another thing i want to talk about okay Let's talk about the Scream trailer now. The new one. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Or else I'm okay. going to go down a rabbit hole, John. You know. Because this is what I said in my trailer reaction. Okay. I liked how they're going off of our electronics and they're yes. making us not feel safe off of electronics, off of smart houses and stuff like that and using it against us because now we no longer feel safe. Now we feel vulnerable to the point that anybody can get into our house. So I like that narrative of what they're playing along with. But also, too, it makes me think, okay, the rules that Randy set up in the first film. Now, we've been seeing a lot of remakes, a lot of reboots of certain horror movies. Do those same rules still apply to remakes and reboots? That's a good question. And how does that play out in this new one? Is there a new set of rules for this new generation since this new generation has been brought up with remakes and reboots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. Me either, but we'll I don't find know. out. I guess, I guess you'll, you'll have to look back at the horror movies now to see a, a pattern and see if there's any different rules that you notice. Right. And are they going to copy that from the from this present age? Because don't forget, even in the third screen movie, Randy comes in as a cameo again 
and says, congratulations, Cindy, you're now part of a trilogy. And because you're a part of a trilogy, there could be a chance that you die. So what happens with this? Does Cindy die? Does Dewey die? Does Gail die? Do all the original cast members who survived from the first one and the second one mm-hmm. and the third one, mm-hmm. do they yeah, suddenly? Yeah. But they don't make an appearance in the fourth one, as far as I remember. Who? All all Sydney and them? Yeah. Do they? Because you saw yeah, the fourth one. I think they're in the fourth one. Okay, because it's been a while since I saw the fourth film, so I don't know or anything like that. But oh yeah, that's when her cousin oh, spoiler alert. That's when her cousin is the killer. Okay, that's when the cousin is actually the killer. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I'm wondering, does this and you know what? This is also getting my wheels turning though, too. Because mm-hmm. you know how we always have the stab movies being played out in the second and third film? They're awesome. And the yeah. fourth one. So what if the the stab movie is actually a reboot? Or it can be it's like Halloween. Out in, huh? Yeah, like Halloween Resurrection. It'd be Stab Resurrection. I, I don't know. But <laughs> let's say, for instance, that that movie, that Stab movie that's been played out in the screen movies is actually um let's say for instance that's a reboot that they're watching mm. does that now foreshadow anything that we're going to be getting in the film and does that change the rules of the game that billy set up and we're mm. going based off of the game uh with the stab movie Maybe the character from Stab makes up their own rules in Stab and establish the rules for this film instead of Billy because Billy is dead. Yeah. Huh. That is interesting. Hmm. I mean, I, I am looking forward to it. I mean, since I've seen one through four, I was going to see five. Uh, and it's actually or, kind of weird that they're calling it just Scream. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's not five. It's like Scream. a remake of the first one, right? No, we here's the thing: we don't know what what they're doing with oh, this. Oh, we don't know yeah. why this is actually just called Scream. So yeah. it wouldn't would have been made. It would have made more sense if they just went on ahead and made the S a five. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been so much better. But no, mm-hmm. instead they wind up just making it Scream. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it makes me wonder. And if the killer is a, sounds. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go in. I'll let you go in no, ahead, you and go. then, huh? You go. Okay. So what I'm also thinking, because now I'm coming up with all these conspiracies. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I look like Howie Day. That's that's bad. Uh, but <laughs> with all these conspiracy theories, but what if the reboot of Stab is also a reboot of of this new movie, and we don't know that it's a reboot. Mm. Yes, it's a continuation of Cindy's life and her chapter and everything, but what if it's a reboot by killing her off, and we don't know it until because of Stab? Yeah, Ooh, interesting. Yeah, because like Screen Four, I didn't know that that was like about two movies within one movie, because it was like Stab what four. Right. And then they were like, no, it was like Staff 5. And then you're like, oh, it's just people watching Staff 5. And he's like, no, but Staff 6. I'm like, oh, 
okay, I'm disoriented <laughs> now. So too many. Oh boy. Right. <laughs> the the killer. I was gonna say the killer sounds aged, so he sounds older. Right. From on the phone. On this new one. Movies. Yeah, on this new one, he sounds a little bit older, like mature. Which makes me think that it could be Matthew. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. Uh, but, you know no. what, though? There's something that I do appreciate with the Scream movies, though. That Cindy is a strong character. And yeah. she gets stronger within every uh, Scream movie. Yeah, she seems ten times stronger in the new one. Because she's like, of course I'm Sydney Prescott. I have a gun. I'm Sydney Prescott. Right. Like, okay. And she kind of reminds me of Jamie Lee Curtis off this new 2018 Halloween movie where she's no longer the frightened girl. Now she's wanted to kick ass and take names and ask questions later. So Yeah. I wonder how these kids, because they're kids, they have to school these kids. Like, so are is anyone in there related to Sydney? That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering too, yeah. Because in the fourth one, they had somehow related to Sydney, and then they were stalking that person. Well, allegedly. Um, right. But yeah, and then the killer's like, it's an honor. So yeah, makes me wonder. Is this it new? Does. Is this somebody new? And it's an honor? And they're just copycatting? Or is this somebody she knows? <clears throat> Which her close circle is just not trustworthy. Because no, she keeps definitely killer in her circle. Right. So I think that's everything I wanted to touch on as far as Scream goes and stuff like that. What about you? Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or anything? Um, when it came out, I was in middle school and I remember everybody was hyped up about it. And I couldn't see it because I didn't have money and I didn't have nobody to sneak me into the rated R version of the movie. But I saw it many years later. Um, I still was kind of shocked, but watching it now, it just is very cheesy. But I, I try my best to get into my 1996 mindset. But the 2021 mindset was like, it's Billy. Oh my gosh, I can't believe nobody sees this. Right. So it's a good movie to revisit. But if you can, try to turn on 1996. <laughs> right. Turn on the 1996 uh, brain. And everything, and just totally just be acting like that you're mind blown to the fact that this is the killer. Yeah, be gullible, basically. Right. That's, that's my yeah. suggestion to you. Be gullible. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, Tamika, where can everybody follow you at? Oh, good. Uh, two Blurred Girls. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Two Blurred Girls underscore podcast, I believe. And we're on YouTube, Two Blurred Girls. Um, we also have an audio podcast. And we're excited that we're on Amazon Music. So subscribe and follow us there. We're on Apple. We're on Google. And basically everywhere podcasts are streaming. All right. And you guys can go on ahead and follow me under the same brand name on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. Then, of course, on Instagram as well, underneath the same brand name. And then, of course, too, on Pinterest at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, I'm going to have Christopher Minori coming on the show. 
you know who that is. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to be having independent um, author, writer, uh, Christopher Minori, and we're going to be doing something a little different than what I oh. normally do. Okay. We're going to be discussing um, The Shining. We're not going <laughs> to be really re- awesome. Yes, because I read the book. Him and I both read the book. We both don't like the movie that much. And we want to go on ahead and do a book to movie experience. And as to why we don't like the movie compared to the book. So it's going to be a different way of actually reviewing a film. But we're just going to have more of a discussion and talking about the film as to why we don't like it. And some other stuff within uh, as well with... uh, the sequel to The Shining, which would be uh, D- Doctor Sleep. Oh, it's going to be a good show. So, yeah, we're going to do a, a little bit of a deep dive into that. So go ahead and stay tuned for that. 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. With Chris Minori and I talking about The Shining. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, of course, guys, if you want to get an audio-only podcast episode, you can get that wherever you guys get your major podcasts from. And congratulations also to you for having it on having your podcast on Amazon as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you, You're Jeff. welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and so another thing, too, is I want to mention this. We, I actually teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast, and we're doing a charity event with Cincy. All proceeds go over to the Children's of St. Jude's Hospital. So go on ahead, get yourself a sense. It goes to a good cause. All proceeds go over to the Children's of St. Jude's Hospital. It goes for a good cause. So go on ahead and get $5, $10 of senses, and all proceeds go over to the Children's of St. Jude's Hospital. Then, of course, if you guys want to, go on ahead and go to Good Pods. What's Good Pods? I'm glad that you guys asked me what Good Pods was. So all you have to do is go to Good Pods, download their app. Their easy play button is just smooth and easy to use. And also, too, you can rate individual episodes of our shows and tell us what you think about those shows and stuff like that. It also helps out with the rankings and stuff like that on good pods itself. So go on ahead, rate us on good pods. Tell us what you think. It's basically social media for podcasters or people who love listening to podcasts. So go ahead, check that out over there. And then of course, if you want to rate us on Apple podcasts as well, we don't mind that at all. If that's where you basically listen to all your podcasts from. So go ahead, check us out over on Apple podcasts. Then, of course, if you want to, go ahead. We do some TikTok videos from time to time as well at Movie Lovers Unit Zero. So that's where you can actually uh, catch me doing some PR stuff and things like that. On November 23rd, I have a very special guest coming on. And that guest is actually a part of the Shawshank Redemption. And he was actually the casting director for Shawshank Redemption. And that is Brent Scarpo. Brent Scarpo is now a life coach. So that's going to be an interesting conversation with that on November 23rd at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And then, of course, you guys can reach out to me at MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter at MovieLoversUnit. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you so much, Tamika, for joining me for tonight. I do appreciate it. Yeah. And always until next time, guys, stay safe and uh, have a great and safe night. And I'll see you back here tomorrow night with Chris Rubin and Minori. And bye-bye.